Dr. Mike Ford. Man, man, you've got you've got a podcaster voice. You've got a better voice than I do. You've got a solid podcasting <laughs> voice. It's uh but, it's not doctor though. It's just it's just Mike Ford. Well, good with that. When when in doubt, I have my own rule. It's like Tommy's law yeah. of podcasting. When in doubt, address <laughs> guests and potential guests as doctor because no one will ever be upset at being called doctor if they're not. And I can't imagine exactly. a doctor ever being necessarily all right with not being called doctor. So right. it's, it's my, uh, I cover that's a my, good rule. Yeah. I cover my, I'll rule. start with everyone. I'll be like, Dr. So-and-so. And they'll be like, dude, I'm a gym teacher. And I'll be like, all right, were you upset? No, noted. All it takes is one wrong, right? I'm going to hit some physicist or guy who's going to be like, it's Dr. Smith. And I'm going to be like, oh, shit, but uh, please introduce yourself, man. Uh, Tommy, yes, my name is Mike Ford. Uh, I'm a 36-year uh, veteran of the nuclear industry. I have, I have uh, my experience basically includes uh, the nuclear fuel cycle, uh, nuclear research, nuclear weapons. I've spent 16 years uh, at the Pant uh, Pantex plant in Amarillo, Texas, the United States Pantex plant in Amarillo, Texas, uh, about 12 years ago. Um, and that's the nuclear weapons facility for the United States uh, of America. Um, I was a 14-year uh, governor-appointed state official in the state of Texas under Governors Bush and Perry. Um, I was the uh, member and chairman of the Texas Radiation Advisory Board for 12 years, combined service there. And then for the uh, for three years, I was the inaugural chair of the uh, of a interstate a Texas interstate compact with another state uh, on the topic of nuclear waste. I'm also the, the co-founder of a grassroots organization along with about 10 other people. Uh, it's called Pray for Freedom. Uh, it's, it's spelled a P-R-A, number four, freedom, and that's prayforfreedom.org. It's uh, Panhandle Rights Advocates for Freedom, and that's in the panhandle of uh, the great state of Texas. And uh, we're devoted to protecting and restoring uh, constitutional rights and individual liberties for our citizens. How old are you? Uh, I'll be uh, 58 on Monday, actually. Um, really? This coming Monday, yep. yep. Well, whatever you're doing, man, keep at it. I, so I was like, <laughs> wait, what? That happened, that happened I had on a, the author, Gerald Posner, and he was talking, and he was like, yeah, you know, me and my wife celebrating our, like, 60th, and I was like, I, I, maybe I just have, like, no perception of, like, age, but, like, <laughs> that was another guy, but I was like, wait, 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 hold, wait, what? So, yeah, that's, I had last, speaking of more nuclear stuff, I had on a, a Marine named John Halderman last Monday, a week ago today, 87 years old and was doing security at the Castle Bravo shot in 1950. Oh, wow. Oh <laughs> yeah. my goodness. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, I saw, I saw him at, cause I, I interviewed Rhodes two Fridays ago and that evening I went back to, I, I love Richard Rhodes. So I went back down a whole rabbit hole and I found a video of Castle Bravo and I was like, I just saw the name mentioned. I was like, I'll, I'll try to find this guy. What are the chances? found him yeah yeah and he, wow and, that's amazing yeah that's the that was in the bikini atolls right i think so that's the one that was supposed to be like seven megatons and was 15 yeah yeah <laughs> oops yeah. yeah 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 and he talked it's crazy man he was saying that uh all the other ships like they're right the bow faces it so it can break the waves and he said theirs was sideways yeah and he always Didn't. thought it was an accident but later found out that none of their names were on the manifest of that ship and he, he thinks that they were they were testing like radiation effects on them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just some dark shit. Yeah. 
yeah, well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really dark period uh, during that period of time that uh, happened to not only our, our members of the military, but but you know downwinders and in uh, uh, Utah and Nevada <clears throat> and people in the communities uh, in, in rural communities in Tennessee and and uh, Kentucky and uh, you know like the uh, Muskegee uh, experiment there. That's uh, that that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg for uh, radiation effects research that was done on Americans for decades. Yeah. Uh, uh, so in my profession, <clears throat> you know, there was some uh, unfortunate benefit, I guess it could be, be the best way to put that in terms of uh, uh, radiation effects research and knowing exactly where uh, materials go when they, when they go into the human body and what happens to it and what happens at varying doses. But uh, yeah, a lot of people, you could probably say that were sacrificed in, in the, uh, in the process of that, getting that research data. Yeah. Wasn't it a strontium 90 that would always show up in like milk or something like uh-huh. all around Nevada. Yeah. And uh, I think operation bus, I think Buster Jangle, it was like a, it was like a five kiloton like airburst or something. But it mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. that to me that one was one of the, the the creepiest ones because like not only were they testing radiation but they were all, also testing like psychologically like would troops walk towards a mushroom cloud if we were to use a tactical nuke right and uh-huh, it's uh-huh. not just one of like you know the world ender thermonuclear but just rather like a t- tiny you know kind of firecracker nuke and that was one of the weird things is like would troops walk towards like a twenty thousand foot you know wall of smoke and yeah yeah. Sacrificed, yeah. I think, is really the only word for it. Yeah, and we had, uh, and we those were in the arsenal. I mean, uh, those, they've been re- they've been retired, but they were in the arsenal. It's called an AFAP, mm-hmm. artillery fired auto, uh, uh, atomic projectile. Atomic yeah, com- yeah, it comes right out of the uh, out of the out of a howitzer. Those were typically uh, some of them were neutron bombs, and so the neutron bomb the, it, it doesn't uh, basically contaminate the battlefield like a fission bomb, normal fission bomb would. Um, so it's just meant to kill as opposed to contaminate, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, the AFAPs were definitely a thing and, uh, they were studied and, and, uh, we had our, our troops go through the, through those, those contaminated battlefields and, and then they were followed for years afterward in terms of their, uh, cancer and death, disease, all the things that happened to them. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's, right, there's, a uh, what was it? The Davy Crockett, that little shoulder launched. Basically, yep. suicide, and then uh, what is the the other the I think it was the genie missiles. They were an only in the way that only the Cold War can produce. I mean, you get when I when I laugh about it, I'm not you know it's in the way that you really you only can kind of accept tragedy. Sometimes you have to laugh at it, but like the unguided air to air nuclear missiles for like taking out whole swaths of bombers. I think they're the gen- yeah. genies, right? I think point yeah. one kilotons. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, it's a, well, on the note of talking about sacrifices made and then kept quiet for 70 years and denied at the time, and by the time we realize it's happening, everyone responsible for it's dead, let's now get into, well, what's going on right now? And um, I don't necessarily feel that Pfizer and Moderna have, uh, believe it or not, I don't not, I don't get the warm and fuzzies from them. It's uh, just a personal, personal uh uh, you shouldn't. Yeah, personal hunch. <laughs> you should not. I know it's uh, I know it's a little odd, but I just look at the yeah, the big something about them. They don't find you know Exxon Mobil doesn't make me feel like a loved member of a community. That uh, so Dr. McCullough put us in touch and talking about 
Well, specifically what you've seen with the Vax mandates, correct? Uh, correct. Uh huh. Now, what all have you seen? I don't want to. I don't want to set you up for anything. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm. I'm here to listen to you. What all have you seen of uh, of noted importance? Well, we've. Uh... Uh, in in the community that I live in, Amarillo, Texas, just outside the community is is the country's one and only facility where the nuclear weapons are uh, maintained, retired, modified. Uh, they come in from the military uh, and they have their overhauls done, modifications done, what have you. They may be pulled out of the stockpile. Uh, they maybe go for further testing and what have you. And then they're sent back out. Uh, to any of the number of, of depots uh, to go on the boomers, the subs, or to be uh, you know, for the bombers or for the missile silos um, in the United States. And so those, those, um, those weapons are maintained at the Pantex plant in Amarillo, Texas, and it's been doing that for basically three quarters of a century. And uh, typically, you don't hear that. Most people have never heard of the Pantex plant uh, in the United States. And um, that's the place where uh, the big stick, you know, the pointy end of the big stick that uh, our diplomats carry and walk softly but carry the big stick, that's the, the pointy end of that stick is is sharpened by the folks at, in the Pantex plant. And, and that allows our diplomats to go around the world uh, to be backed up by a by a operable nuclear deterrent and to be uh, assured that uh, there's something to back up their speech wherever they're going, you know, whether or not that they want to leverage that at all times. And it also lets our enemies know that our boomers have a specific uh, and uh, demonstrable threat associated with them as well, should they decide to do something preemptively to the United States. So this whole premise of what we call mutually assured destruction and our nuclear weapon deterrent um, that's something that's been maintained for m many people. Some people may not agree with it, but for good or for ill, it's been maintained by the by the good folks, the Patriots, uh, at the Pantex plant just outside of Amarillo, Texas. As I said, for the better part of three quarters of a century, and uh, in that location, uh, as you can imagine, where they intentionally wrap high explosives around plutonium, there is a high degree of control over what happens in those workspaces. And there's something called a, a hazard analysis uh, for or any any change that may occur in those workplaces, whether it's a change in the procedure, a change in the materials, or a change in anything in the environment that comes into that environment that's controlled. Uh, it's called a, it goes through a screening process called an unreviewed safety question. And so if there's a change in, in a couple words in the procedure, that those changes get uh, go through a rigorous screening process to evaluate for any unintended consequences. Uh, if there are new nuts or bolts used uh, on the weapons themselves or fasteners of any kind, those are screened through a what is called a suspect fastener program, and then and then they may be brought on, you know, later on under under rigorous review. Um, if there's any type of change in the materials, the cleaning the cleaning solvents, anything that's used to, you know, be removing high explosives and removing high explosive residue from from weapon parts. Uh, all those things are extremely uh, heavily scrutinized. It, it may take months uh, for changes like that to be approved. They have to go through varying levels of approval. They have to get, you know, go from the local area out to the design laboratory. Uh, and the design laboratories are Los Alamos National Laboratory, Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, and Sandia National Laboratory. They carry cover different weapon systems, and they also cover different elements 
of the weapon systems themselves. And so, um, as I said, it's just a very, very highly controlled environment where something, uh, what's defined as a hazard could be a material that's introduced into an environment that causes, that may cause or has the potential to cause, as it's defined in the nuclear safety rules in the federal regulations, uh, has the potential to cause injury, illness, or death. And so these vaccines will, will, uh, will cover all three. I mean, they, they, will, they will cause injury, they will cause illness, and, and they, uh, in many, many cases, in 17,000 cases, according to VAERS, they will cause death. Uh, <clears throat> and so none of these, uh, these hazard, hazards um, in the terms of the Pfizer product, the Moderna product, or the J&J product have been evaluated. And that's, and, or the perspective that I'm coming from um, is that this is happening at Pantex and this is indeed happening at every nuclear facility across the country uh, that operates under the same rules um, that uh, nuclear safety requirements that require these hazard analyses are not being done. And so if you add on top of that, we have people who are highly qualified, highly educated, uh, have some of the highest security clearances you can get, and um, been highly vetted by the federal government. Uh, they have to pass rigorous psychological profiles. They, uh, they have to pass rigorous fit for, fitness for duty requirements that says, you know, you, you have to abstain from alcohol for eight hours. You're subject to, you know, before you come to work, you are subject to, to drug testing, polygraphs, uh, alcohol and breath alcohol testing on just on a random basis, highly, highly scrutinized, you know, on affecting your, what you can do away from the, from the facility and what you can do in the facility, obviously. Uh, but again, these things that may affect a person, it may affect, uh, cause brain fog, it may affect their heart, may affect their lungs, may give them a, you know, a, cause them to pass out or die, uh, give them a certain propensity to contract a disease, uh, certainly spread COVID with asymptomatically. None of that's being evaluated or has been evaluated. And so that's, that's really a perspective I'm coming from as I raise this concern is these people are being, number one, being uh, really at the kind of the point of loss of their of their job, uh, being forced to take these uh, vaccines uh, when they have, you know, they would prefer not to. Uh, in the state of Texas, we have Governor Abbott's executive order, which has the force of law, which says basically uh, any entity that's 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 requiring these mandates will observe legitimate and uh, basically any expression of conscience. As, a, as an exemption, religious, uh, firmly held religious belief, a medical exemption, and including a natural immunity conferred by uh, recovery from the illness itself. It's um, it makes me think of isn't aren't a lot of F twenty two pilots reportedly not taking it? And I've had on one of them uh, a, a B two Spirit pilot. I mean, you got to imagine these guys. I mean, F-22s are one thing. I mean, B-2 Spirits, that's the king daddy, right? I mean, that's a $2 uh -huh. billion dollar nuclear weapons platform. Yes. Uh -huh. You got to imagine that those guys are probably, I would imagine, a little rigorous with their uh, safety checks. You know, I am rigorous with my podcast. I make sure I sleep for eight hours. I make sure I do some cardio, make sure I lift some weights. <laughs> I take a cold shower and I meditate. That's what I do before my podcast. Make sure I'm hydrated. Like fantastic and little, prescription. Yeah, and it's that's my own personal just for my podcast. Now imagine that it's not my podcast where I'm screaming at a camera and getting kicked off YouTube. 
but rather imagine I'm in the cockpit of a $2 billion stealth bomber going over denied territories with technology that we would rather not fall into, we would rather chop our balls off than have fallen to the enemy hands. Exactly, exactly, yes. You'd think that maybe they're looking at a needle, they're going, and by the way, probably physically fit guys, and they're going, what? No. I mean, in the same way that if I was like, hey man, I just got these uppers from a gas station, they'd go, no. Or if I was like, you want to drink this old whiskey? They'd go, no. Imagine if I come at them with a syringe and go, look, there's been 17,129 deaths. There's been 23,000 people permanently disabled and 2,100 miscarriages. But save your grandma. Well, one, I mean, these guys pilot nuclear bombers. I'm not sure saving grandma is necessarily in their bargaining chips. Like, they're okay with that, which I'm okay with too. But, yeah, you think that, or nuclear facilities where they check every little thing and they have, right? I mean, isn't the always never rule? They always have to work and they can never fail. I mean, the, what, the yeah, whole broken, basically. Yeah, the whole broken yeah. arrow system. Um, or not broken arrow system. What word am I looking for? Um, command and control by Eric Schlosser. He goes into that. Or uh, David Stump. Yeah. He's an ICBM historian. I've had on, I had him on here a couple of times. Even something as little as like what they would use to clean the Titan too. I think they were using like uh, like Freon, and they didn't realize that it was like how heavy it was, and it was like killing the guys even in their hazmat suits. The point of all of this schizophrenic ranting is. There's a lot of checks and balances for all of these things because you're dealing with world-ending nuclear weapons, not just because they're multi-megatons, but well, because they start going off, every other country start going off. There's a reason why we are so uh, hyper-secure about these. And in the nuclear weapons environment where, the, where they're take, basically taken apart, disassembled, you have you – have three people and it's what we call a reader reader worker doer so you have you have someone basically reading the procedure step by step no you don't go past the second step you don't read two steps in a row uh you read it the person does the does the task that that the procedure calls for the the, the other person will step in to check that they did the right task and then and then that step of the procedure there's an ink stamp that is applied to the procedure. And, and these procedures actually travel with anything done to a nuclear weapon in, in that facility travels with the weapon for its, if its entire life. Yeah. <clears throat> so everything that's done to it is, is uh, any, any physical manipulation of that weapon is stamped off. Yeah. Uh, there's three people that have, have observed it. And so all three people uh, could be uh, Im- uh, injected with this material that could cause injury, illness, or death, could cause brain fog, fog, what have you. I mean, bad decisions. Uh, but it's an unanalyzed hazard that's been introduced in these facilities. And um, and then so there's that hazard. And then you have the hazard, the moral hazard that happens is, is well, I'm vaccinated. And you haven't taken one for the team. You're you're a bad person. You're you're and so this this schism. Mm-hmm. Where trust is critical in these facilities has occurred, where one worker or more workers are being placed placed, uh, placed against set against other workers from this moral hazard kind of thing. You're not taking one for the team or what have you, and uh, and so you know, like I survived. Now it's your turn to spin the chamber and and pull the trigger and see if and see if you do. And so uh, it's it's really just a massive erosion of trust between uh, in areas where that is trust is is the is the most 
sought after characteristic of the work environment and the most important characteristic of a work environment. And this is happens. Uh, it's a thing called nuclear safety culture. And so uh, nuclear safety culture has become a thing because of issues like Three Mile Island, like Chernobyl, like Fukushima, these nuclear disasters where um, we've lost, you know, for whatever reason, we've lost the rigor of the operation and a failure has occurred and it has not only caused lack of trust in the operators, but the lack of trust in the nuclear industry as well. So we have uh, a lot of eyes turning back to nuclear in this country because of the need for a reliable base load and a reliable power supply and so on and so forth. And so this nuclear safety culture was first actually born right after three months after uh, uh, the uh, Three Mile Island via the Institute of Nuclear Power Operations. It's called INPO, and uh, the Carter administration formed that. And their job was basically to to re-inculcate a, a culture of conservative decision-making, of discipline, and of trust in these operations where people have each other's back and they know that everyone is watching out for each other. Uh, now, uh, I can't imagine... Um, what is happening? Actually, I can't imagine. I've heard what is happening in these in these organizations, these operations that are so heavily reliant on nuclear safety culture to ensure that what they are doing is the right thing. It's been evaluated properly. It's gone through all the checks, and only after then do they proceed and uh, push forward with any change in their operations. Now, what is <clears throat> what is realistically going to happen? Because, I mean, well, actually, you know, you kind of do see where it feels like uh, there are some people that, right? All the, I mean, all the pilots of Southwest just refusing, you know, refusing to get it, and then them having to cancel because of uh, weather. But I mean, those are guys who it's kind of, you know, it's one thing, and not to disparage on anyone, but it's one thing you work at your whatever nine to five cubicle job and you get the vaccine and then Bill got it and he drops dead, but we'll probably be fine. Again, you kind of have this different breed of people, again, like a pilot. I mean, that's someone that I remember my buddy's dad in uh, in high school was a surgeon, a pediatric surgeon. And it was just like when, you know, us little shitheads would be there on a weekend or something, you know, sneaking beer into the basement or whatever. And you knew when his dad was on call because his dad would be, you know, up all night and like ready to go. And it would mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. he would time like, you know, when he drank coffee, because if you drink it at this time, he knew like his hands would be shaky for this long after. And it was, you know, no alcohol this weekend because all next week I'm on just these little things where it's like, right. there's a guy exactly. that's responsible for one, not to belittle it, but you know, <laughs> one surgery at a time. I can only imagine it's the same with pilots of a, 740s or any plane where you have yeah. other souls on board and even if there's no one on board you have people under you and you're in a fuselage filled with fuel mm -hmm. you can kind of see where the buck stops to where bob at you know equifax goes yeah i'll get it you know and you know and then he drops dead or whatever and it was a rare side effect but you have these pilots who are like no 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 like we can't we're not fudging this like you know, like Chernobyl, you know, you didn't see it. And it's like, no, it's not. We can't just you can lie about a lot of stuff. You can fudge the numbers. The Federal Reserve does a bunch of black magic and puppetry. But like there are some things where like you can't fake it. Is it three point six Renkin or is it not like what is it like? Right. We can't mm -hmm. we can't 
you know, we can call gravity racist, but the reality is, is this camera cover is falling at 9.81 meters per second. It's just what it is. Exactly. So uh-huh. these these pilots, right? And I think it's a perfect example is you're seeing these guys that are going, no, stop all the stuff. I don't care if the newsman said it's safe and effective and it's, you know, Anthony Fauci is Santa Claus or whatever the hell they're saying. I'm piloting a four engine aircraft with 300 souls full of jet fuel at 0.9 Mach over LA. I'm not taking this thing, right? I mean, right, don't exactly. the pilots, yeah. don't they're like, don't they're, and this isn't even military. Don't they have, like, isn't there, I think it's with Boeing or not Boeing, but that's me. In fact, Delta where like, they have to eat their lunch or the, whatever their meal is at like separate times in case the first one realizes that there's like food poisoning, just like old. Exactly. Food. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And that's just for everyday flights for morons like yeah. me. Like, so you kind of see where these walls are hit with these, these F-22 pilots that are like, no, no, no. I, I don't care if, if Stephen Colbert is out there, you know, dancing and saying, take it. Like, I'm flying this weapon of this this weapon system. You're seeing the same thing at, which, you know, kind of discrediting myself because I thought I knew a lot about nuclear weapons. I'd never heard of Pantex. I've interviewed guys from Sandia. I think I had one on from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, but never have heard of Pantex. But the point is, is you're seeing where they're like, no, no, no. I don't care what the little YouTube disclaimer says that it's safe and effective. No, I'm dealing, I'm wrapping yeah plutonium cores with spherical explosives. Like, mm-hmm. yep. I'm not yep. taking this thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and it's just uh, you know, if you go back to the example of the the F twenty two pilots, I mean, just think about the the investment yeah. uh, in the certification, training, selection education that the United States has made into these individuals. And so they are vested with this, with this, this amazing, uh, stable cadre of strengths and talents and, yeah. and, uh, not, I mean, there's no way on God's green earth, we're going to replace those guys, you know, just like that. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it, and, uh, uh, and the same thing happens, you know, uh, to a lesser degree or to a different degree at Pantex where you have highly, highly skilled, trained, vetted people who have, um, you know, when you, when you step into a classified environment, you, you cross mm-hmm. various thresholds where, okay, you're allowed to know this and then you're allowed to know that. And then the next phase, you're allowed to know this. Okay. You've proven yourself. So you, we can let you into this thing. So you, you, this, the a complete picture of what happens at the facility begins to emerge. And so that takes years. That literally takes years in order to get to that point. And so I know for a fact, and, and the people who, who uh, are the leaders <clears throat> out of Pantex, who are running the company, uh, who are the leaders of the company, I, I know these people. Um, they're friends, neighbors. I go to church with them. Uh, they are good. And I just want to say this for, just for the record. They are good people. They're my friends. Sure. I've known these people for decades. And um, I know the companies. Uh, have known for the companies for data. These are proud companies who have served the national security interests of the nation for for decades, a half a century or more. Um, and so, you know, my call to them is, you know, please, please remember who you are and what's going on out there, and just just to start to think about, you know, the ramifications. But part of the problem is, and the, it's, this is the huge part of the problem, is what I call the balkanization of science. And so if, if you do not ascribe to the tenets of the church of vaccinology, then your science is not acknowledged. And so it's not even allowed in the conversation. The branch committee and, is. 
Yeah, basically. Uh, and you saw what happened to them. <clears throat> so what, what happens here is uh, we had a group uh, with our Pray for Freedom organization. We actually invited uh, Dr. McCullough to Amarillo to come to come speak to a group, first to a group of physicians, 80 physicians. It was in a uh, no cameras, no media, closed door. Uh, we're going to have this conversation and conversations that these physicians had not been able to have for two years or more. Uh, regarding everything that's going on. And their eyes, their brains were just lit on fire, just hearing the things that they were hearing. But it was very nice. And I have to compliment the individuals who came there who had who, who were in the minority, but they were actually majority positions within the community who had an all differing view. And these individuals show, sh showed up knowing what was on the line for them and they were still willing to have that conversation and still willing to have that debate. And I'm not going to go into it, uh, the particulars sure. because uh, we assured them that what was in was going to be said in there was going to stay in there. Sure. But those physicians were finally able to have a conversation and be told things, information, um, um, peer-reviewed journal articles, uh, peer-reviewed data results, and just and things they had not not been exposed to for a couple of years that did not adhere to the tenets of the Church of Vaccinology. And so, again, this is where we are in serious danger in this country, in, in that <clears throat> when we balkanize science and we say we cannot consider this fact because this this does not come from our church. We can only hear this fact because this fact comes from our church. And so, um, you know, that's in the name of religion, terrible things have happened because of that. Yeah. Uh, and so if we take in this, in this unfortunate um, religion of science, you know, trust the science, the science is settled. Those are the, some of the most ignorant statements that have ever been uttered on the face of the earth. The most antithetical to science that have ever been said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trust the science. You know, basically the science is a process. Uh, that you follow to get to the truth. It's, it's, it's a, you know, a, a revelation of the truth, you hope, you know, but it's also requires skepticism, requires, you know, pressing back and, and saying, no, I don't think I agree with that. And you better go fix your argument or you better, you better tighten up your arguments. And, and I think you've missed a few things on those assumptions. And no, I, I have a, yeah, I have a different view. And so that's what we had in that doctor's meeting. It was kind of a, uh, a little bit of a microcosm of what was, you know, we would hope actually start to occur in the community. And I think, I think there's a possibility there. But, you know, people need to be able to hear differing, uh, differing views, differing professional opinions uh, outside of the, of the medical hierarchy. That, um, and, the, and the medical hierarchy was very, mm, I shouldn't say disappointed, mad, upset, but maybe they were. That, that this conversation was having taking place in a private organization, Pray for Freedom, put this thing on uh, and invited the doctors and say, please come do this. They wanted us to, you know, we needed to go through the proper medical authorities and have all these people vetted and make sure that they could be speaking and so on and so forth. And you may have heard that that, you know, the, 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 we've been trying to censor old Dr. McCullough for <laughs> the last two years. So and we sure didn't want to hear from him or him, him and our, our community. So, Despite all their efforts, uh, everybody got together, and it was it was very nice. And so that's what that's a that's a, a template that needs to be replicated uh, in science and engineering organizations that do critical high hazard work like nuclear weapons, like flying F twenty twos, like flying B twos loaded with nuclear weapons. Uh, 
um, like nuclear power plants and, th and those types of things. And, and so, you know, I've appealed to uh, my brothers and sisters in the nuclear industry, uh, the chief nuclear officers uh, at the nuclear power facilities, you know, to, to please consider what is happening in your facilities and how we are destroying, just absolutely destroying the trust that is so critical in these organizations. You kind of need like a, <laughs> got to like bring the doctors into a skiff. And be like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah speak freely, right? It's like, uh, yeah. it's like well, sometimes I'll have on guests, and you know they'll be kind of, and I'll be like, hey, we're not recording yet, and they'll be like, okay, yeah. and they'll start telling you stuff, and you're like, man, that's how far, that's how far this yeah. culture's come, where it's like, you know, people preface it by like, I just want to say that I'm pro science, and I'm like, dude, I got a booster shot for a tet for tetanus last week. Yeah, I get, yeah. I got into medical school, I got into pharmacy school, I published research in aquatic toxicology, like. I, I get science. The idea of trust the science is the most antithetical statement to science ever. Science is that no. science is that like science is like that metal ball at the center of like any and I'm just making this up as I go, of like any tree in the world, any tree of bullshit. Science is the metal ball at the center. And science is the thing that you can take like a flamethrower to the tree. Everything else burns off until you get that polished center, right? You dissolve the material exactly. down yeah. until you get the element. This is lithium. A, this is, yeah, this, yeah whatever. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's a beautiful analogy. That's what science is. Science doesn't need to be protected. No one needed to. If I, and I always use this analogy, if I just went out and started saying uh, the gravi gravity was 10 meters per second squared on YouTube, there would be no need to put little labels on there and say, fact checkers say that this is false. It's actually, you don't need to because <laughs> if you believe me, hey, go figure it out. I'm on the second floor of an apartment. Go walk right off the porch, buddy. And, you know, after you get back from the hospital, maybe maybe look at the camera and look at the frames and the stopwatch and go, well, I'll be damned. That was 9.81 meters per second yeah, square. It exactly. doesn't need to be protected. You don't need to protect right. science. It's right. So the idea of, like, it's settled. If it was settled, just just let it go out on – if you really – you have this much money, Pfizer, you go out there on TV, you buy a 30-minute ad during the middle of the Super Bowl – and you go, here's our peer-reviewed research from our mRNA vaccine, and here's ivermectin. You see how uh, or ineffective ivermectin is? And then you red pill everyone. You go, oh, I guess so. That's science. Science is mm -hmm. not banning everyone like a game of goddamn communist whack-a-mole. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Ten out of, scientists, uh, 10 out of 10 scientists agree the vaccine is safe and effective. Well, actually, the guy that invented it said it's not. Remove him. 10 out of 10 say yeah. it's effective. And it's like, well, that's, <laughs> exactly. that's the no true Scotsman thing, right? It, it doesn't work yeah. that way. So it's, we see that happening. And I think what we're, what we're going to is, is, and this is my kind of silver lining is like, you know, you look at something like JFK, like there's probably only a, a handful of people that really know. I, I tend to think it was I don't know if it's the CIA or the KGB. I don't think it was just old, old boy Lee Harvey. Maybe it was. Who knows? Well, if you're if you're a fan of science, it's uh, the uh, what the p value on that one would be uh, would be pretty high, right? <laughs> well, well, yeah, the, yeah. Don't be. Yeah, there's there's been a. It's there's been a, sorry. There's been like there's been a single fruit fly flying around my apartment for like the last four episodes and I look like a psychopath because people will be talking and my eyes will just start tracking and they're like this kid's finally losing it um but point is is whatever it is right to choose any conspiracy you want RFK or JFK or you know 9-11 yeah. 9-11 
who at Pearl Harbor, you at the Maine, whatever, exactly. just mm -hmm. take it with a political thing, right? That is something where you actually can cover up the truth because it's it's not a defined constant like gravity or the nuclear force. It's it's who knew this? Was it written down on paper? Did we tie up all the loose ends? You shoot them on the back of the head, and then it's just two guys, and they take it to the grave. You actually can squash a secret. Like you really can. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, now with a surveillance system of satellites, who knows? Maybe they're recording the whole world, and you could actually go in and but go back and you know, did Hitler do this or that? You don't know. You could actually squash. Like you know, some people they get away with affairs. They, they yes. just do. Yeah. Now with something like did we land on the moon? You know, those people might all be dead, but eventually you could just, you know, with all technology from cell phones to, to commercial air, uh, to flight, to electricity, to running water, eventually going to the moon will also be within all of our reach. Just no different than me getting in a car mm -hmm. and you'll be able to go up and see the footprints or not. Yeah. See the footprints or see the you know, alien base on the dark the, side of the moon or something along those lines. Don't play with my heart. <laughs> Do not play with my heart. Is, that's probably the, the coolest thing about interviewing Charlie Duke was I talked to a guy that walked on the moon. The worst thing about interviewing Charlie Duke is it destroyed my belief that there was an alien base on the dark side of the moon. But, oh, darn. I know, right? It's, it's double-edged sword. But that's something where you can go eventually to and just see what's there, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's – eventually it doesn't matter how strong the church's grip on the world is eventually science progressed enough to you can go let's get a hot air balloon and a gopro bring it up huh right it looks curved well yeah. you know there it is this, <laughs> there's a slight curvature yeah. going on there yeah so that is my hope with this is where as opposed to a political conspiracy where sometimes they they do go go away forever they, the file gets burned at langley whatever with science it does eventually come through there will be eventual revelations. And that is my hope with these vaccine mandates, with the VAERS systems, with whistleblowers. Right now, we're seeing a bunch of little needle holes in the dam. Mm -hmm. Eventually, it comes mm -hmm. because it's it's our bio, like the, the, the rate at which this would change and no longer become the static background of what we're analyzing is on the timeline of billions of years. So like our mm -hmm. biological systems are how our bodies react to things. It will come out, you know, no different than, you know, nine out of ten doctors agree lucky strikes, you know, for a good relax or, you know, the pregnant woman with the drink. My baby's fine. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah thalidomide <laughs> or even just 15 years ago, like Oxycontin, you know, safe, oh, yeah. not addictive. And it's like, you know, it's the interesting <laughs> thing with Oxycontin was was uh, the, uh, the the breakthrough pain. I don't know if you've seen. Uh, the uh, the latest uh, Hulu dope sick uh, episode on there, but but the the parallels a fantastic parallel. They had like breakthrough infections. They had uh, the problem they had was breakthrough pain, and what was their response? Double the dose. <laughs> if you have breakthrough pain, you should double the dose. So they started off with a ten milligram. They went to a forty, and then they went to an eighty, and I think they ended up with a one twenty milligram. But yeah, double the dose. That's the way you do it. So what do you what do we do with break for breakthrough infections? Double the dose, a third booster, a fourth <laughs> booster, a fifth, double the dose. So it's a great parallel to, you know, the, the pharmaceutical industry has done the same and the FDA. They, they only have one template and they only have one, basically one hammer looking for a nail. You know, it's just like, you know, booster, booster, vaccine, vaccine. You know, it's just, but it's, 
but it's all about this fantastic just avalanche of money that happens. You, yes. you, you hit the lottery when you get a vaccine approved in the United States. And, and for a childhood vaccine, you have access to a brand new customer class of 70 million children. And then for adults, my God, an adult vaccine or, or adult and child vaccine, you've got 300 million recipients for a uh, liability-free product. Just in this country. It's a wonderful thing. Just yep. in this country. You know, and that's Just one, in this country, yeah. yeah. That's one thing I've, I've, kind of, I've, I've kind of pointed to is like normally, right, you got to do like a three or four uh, phase clinical trial with the FDA. It costs you what, like one to two billion dollars in roughly 15 years. And you don't even know if your drug's going to make it to market. So there's a lot of risk. And I'm not trying to be some, you know, Marxist scum screaming about corporations are bad. Corporations are the reason why we're having this discussion right now with my Sony camera, oh, exactly. my Apple, uh, my yeah. Apple iMac and my Sure microphone, right? That's why we're doing this. But mm-hmm. Love them. However, however, so let's look at what what it is, right? Because I had to learn all about this shit when I had to go to medical school interviews. Was learn all this, right? So there's a three phase clinical trial. Cost you. Let's just say. Let's just keep it even. Cost a billion dollars, fifteen years. All right. If you could manipulate any of those things to reduce your cost, I mean, what do we know corporations do? Can we outsource jobs to China or Vietnam? Go for it. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, child labor in, uh, you know, South Africa and we can mine cobalt. Well, I need those for my batteries, man. I can really cut that. That's just I'm not taking a stance on any, I mean, that's bad, but I'm not taking a stance on any of it. Let's just look at it with a sober examination of what it is. Profit margins, shareholders, you have an obligation. That's your corporate charter. That's just what it is. There's no opinion mm-hmm. on it. Gravity is 9.81 meters per second squared. No opinion on it. It is. So mm-hmm. let's look at Three-phase clinical trial, $1 billion, 15 years. Okay. You're a corporation. You're a publicly held corporation. With a corp- and maybe you're not. You want to go public. Biggest bottom line at the end of each quarter. Okay. What if I could do this 15-year trial and it's not going to cost you a billion dollars? What if it was free? Well that's, well, that's a game changer. You know, we're in a competitive cutthroat market. Yeah. Okay. What if it didn't what if have to- pay to do it? what if not only is it free what if you're paid to do it okay mm-hmm. and hey no risk guaranteed come to market all right now you're okay now you're starting to now you're jerking me off what are you doing don't blue ball me not only that you are safe from all legal liabilities like man i'm now i'm getting hot flashes what are you talking about and not only that how big is my sample size n equals seven billion Yes. Are yeah, you? Yeah. What do you do? And not only is it one of your old medications, you know that new one that, and where it's not even really a medication, it's a new technology, mRNA technology, the future of big pharma. Yeah. What if you could run a global thing on it, and you could just learn how the technology? Fuck the whole RNA. It doesn't matter. The actual technology, the the insertion mechanism for decades that's in the future it will be X, Y, or Z. The actual insertion mechanism that. I get to te- and it's not going to cost you. We're going to pay you. Guaranteed we're going to buy this many doses. You're shielded from liability. N equals 7 billion. Man, I don't know how much better this could get. And T, but- and T equals uh, six months. Yeah. And how much better could <laughs> not this 10 get? years. How much better could this get? Fuck it. Right. It's mandated. No one has a yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. But this is all, this is all reliant. So I know you're, you know, you're jizzing in your pants now. This is all reliant on an EU way. Well, so what's, what's the problem with that? Well, the thing is, is like there might be these generic medications that have been studied for decades, like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. And if those legally are proven to work, 
this whole wet dream I just kind of gave you on a platter, we're going to get rid of it and it's going to be back to... I'm a corporation. Yeah, I'm going to bend some rules. I'm going to press some palms. I'm going to slip a little money to, I don't know, just five CEOs at five big tech companies. Tell them to squash everything, label it as misinformation. Yeah, I'm getting my nut. And that's just yeah. what it is. And it's just, mm-hmm. that's the, that's what we have set. Don't get mad when the dog goes after the steak. Don't leave the steak out, dipshit. You know, it's like, no, it's exactly. like billionaires who are like, yeah, I went through loopholes. Why didn't you change them when you were a senator? Like, so mm-hmm. that's my logic is like, we've set up this, this like one little funnel where what other outcome would there be? You have these hyper alpha males that have risen to the top of this corporate global structure who are just gunning for that, you know, they're trying to increase their profit margins by 4% so they can get a raise. And then you just put this gem out there. You go, we'll pay you T equals six months N equals seven billions. We're going to mandate everyone guaranteed profits. We're going to buy them. Hey, and boosters we will throw that in there too, as a signing bonus and nothing bad's going to happen to you. And this could go on Ever. in perpetuity. Yeah. And no one else can provide it. And by the way, yeah. it's a pandemic, and we're going to mandate the world to take it. Yeah, but and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to clear everybody who ever touches these things, and and not give them any responsibility, liability, and yeah. you know that that always, you know, this the complete absence of any any product liability always produces the best and safest products, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just imagine our our cars. Uh, how much safer would they be if we just gave a complete liability shield to every automobile manufacturer in the country? I mean, I can't imagine. Just, just they would be so, so safe, wouldn't they? I mean, yeah. it just it just stands to reason if you take away the consequence of a bad product from the manufacturer, you're always going to get a better product, right? I mean, it just stands to reason. Every doesn't single, it? I mean, am I wrong here? Yeah. I mean, what <laughs> two two Boeing Maxes went down, and those were halted. You know, what was it? The Galaxy phones are exploding. You couldn't take yeah. them on planes oh, yeah. anymore. No matter how low the risk was of your phone exploding, you just couldn't take them on planes anymore. So the Boeing Max, the Boeing Max was, uh, that was, was the, uh, the FAA had turned over their safety inspections and their vetting to process to Boeing. Uh, so that's a great template for, I mean, FDA had already done that a long time ago with vaccines, but that's essentially... Uh, the FDA following the uh, following the exec the example of the CDC or the FAA following the example of the CDC and the and the F- FDA and basically becoming a captured organization. So uh, that's uh, that's what we wrought in that case. So not only is that whole thing dangled out there, that whole we'll pay you your shield and at Eagle Seven, blah, 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 the whole thing I went on. That's out there, and then we're also saying, but. There's this pesky thing called ivermectin, and if that gets out there, you won't be able to have this. And then you're just leaving it and going, well, I'm going to skedaddle, you know. It's like saying, like, hey, I know that your wife's in, you know, in the hospital and you need money, and, you know, I can't legally give you money, but, like, I'm just going to leave my suitcase of gold bars here. I'm going to skedaddle. I hope you don't take my suitcase. Yeah, yeah. So we're putting this thing up there, and we're going, well, I hope these corporations that, you know, have the means to do whatever they want. Well, I hope you guys don't do something like suppress ivermectin, which is pretty easy when all of the social media is consolidated in five corporations, which, oh, here's the real kicker. And during a pandemic, when there is no town square, we can only communicate through here. You know, if you guys suppress ivermectin, you can have this uh, thing. But if not, we're just going to go back to the normal, you know, the 15 year trial where you can't really make a whole lot of money. Anyway, I hope you do the right thing.
Yeah. And, and on an ivermectin, ivermectin is like one, you know, five cents a tablet ordinarily before the pandemic, but there's people just making a killing off ivermectin now. I mean, it's uh it's a it's a very profitable uh, industry at present. Um, even even if it is out out of patent, you can tell when I start to get excited on my pale Irish skin. You can see how red my face gets when I start screaming about vaccines. I mean, we've hit on everything. We've touched on vaccines, the moon landing, aliens, nuclear weapons. Like my heart rate. This is, has been a good. Talk. I, I need this a is... I need a lay you know I need to lay down after this. Like whew. you know you can't you can't bring out everything I like at once. It's too much. But um. Well, I th- <clears throat> let's try this one. So how about the homogenization of the immune systems of 7 billion people and uh, to, to create one immunological template for anybody to shoot a, a nice big uh, uh, immunological missile at and create a, uh, create a, um, a, uh, uh, a one-stop shop for uh, Bill Gates' ideal depopulation efforts. Yeah. What happens when we put all of hey, let's just take everyone in the United States and we're just going to put them in one big apartment block. Yeah. Well, now you yeah. only need to set fire to one. Yeah. That's the concern that that's the concern that I, I, I have. And, and it wasn't really as crystallized as, as when uh, Dr. McCullough had spoke about it was, you know, this is, this is all, this is the reason that the, the Delta virus became 99.9% prevalent in the United States was because basically the virus had just one, one immune system with a few hundred million copies of it uh, to to look at and said, oh, okay, well, we can really refine our efforts here on this one immune system, not not a uh, not a hundred million different ones, and uh, then we can come up with. So the next one, uh, who knows what's going to happen? So it, it it just doesn't stand to reason that you would do this to your you know your critical resources, your critical people in your critical industries unless unless there's another reason behind that because the vaccines don't prevent uh, the contraction of the disease nor its transmission. Um, they actually now you know make a uh, make one uh, uh, death more likely and if we're following the lead of Israel, if we're following the lead of the UK, um, they just came out with a, a study in the I believe it was in the examiner. Uh, they looked at uh, the National Health Service um, data, and they they and this is this is going to be the next headline. Uh, the unvaccinated are 32 times more likely to die than the than the two jab vaccinated, uh, says National Health Service England. Uh, and the way they came at this was they drew the line at 21 days and said we didn't count any of these statistics until 21 days after the jabs, one or two. And when you look at the, at the time of death from the, after the COVID vaccinations, over 90% of the deaths occur prior to, uh, from vaccination occur, occur prior to day 21. So they missed the massive spike in deaths and they came down when all those deaths were, were done. And now they're, they're coming back and saying, oh yeah, uh, the, the unvaccinated 32 more times likely to die from COVID than the, than the twice jab. So again, it's just, as I call it, you know, Mark, Mark Twain, he may have been attributed to this, but you know, lies, damn lies and statistics is, uh, is the tale we're telling now. Or it's easier to raise, it's easier to fool man than to convince he's been fooled. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So 
And to me, that's kind of like the trillion dollar question is I tend to, as someone that outwardly loves conspiracies and I have to reel myself in and I'm like, were there aliens on the moon or is it just, you know, were we just, you know, going balls to the wall of the Soviet and we want our propaganda win? I kind of think it's the latter as much as I'd love for it to be the aliens, right? You know, are there really flying saucers out at Area 51 or is that just where we've been out there with EGNG and Lockheed doing classified shit since the 50s? Probably the latter. But that being said, I look at this and what is the most likely answer? It's probably money. It's probably oh, yeah. money. Oh, yeah. But... My mind also can't help. I can't completely rule out where I'm like, it. something's not making. Normally when we just go for money, we just use the military industrial complex. We just need a new war. We need a lot of people. We never do something that directly damages ourselves, which unless, mm -hmm. of course, this is the act by a foreign power and they're <laughs> trying to demolish the United States from within, which I wouldn't put beyond. Not, I mean, I know they would. I'm not sure if they're capable, China, right? I'm sure we would probably do to them. Or is it some supra or you know supranational power? Is it some ultimate power coup uh, never before seen in human history? Or is it depopulation? Which, I mean, there are a lot of people, and I'm not for it. But at the same time, you look at these guys, and they control the vast majority of the resources, and maybe they're going. There's a bit too many of these pesky people around. How else would you do it? How the fuck? Well, else would it you just do seems it? like a it seems like a money plus kind of a circumstance. I mean, the the market caps for all three, uh, Moderna, Pfizer, and J and J, have just exploded uh, under these things, and you know, hundreds of billions of dollars increases in their market caps, and and so there's that incentive, and then there's the incentive of control, and yeah. uh, and it's just you know you're looking at the basically you know the, the, the textbook definition of fascism. Where we've leveraged we've leveraged both government and corporations to uh, overtake, you know, the will of the people and the and the liberties of the individuals, <clears throat> and so that's that's kind of the the road we're marching down, and uh, it's making a, a lot of a uh, very few individuals very rich, uh, and it's also empowering the what I call the the uh, petty potentates uh, to to kind of to basically uh, exert their will on on the governed. So. Um, you know, in the great state of Texas, we're hopeful that our, our governor, our attorney general is going to step in and, and try and right the wrongs that have, that have occurred. You know, we're always hoping, you know, waiting for Superman, kind of as the book uh, a few a decade ago would say that, you know, people are always waiting for Superman to show up. Uh, Superman's not showing up on this one, folks. No. You gotta, so we, you got to rip <clears throat> your own shirt open and find the yes. Yeah. yeah. And this has to be all of our individual yeah. lines in the sand. We have to reach out to our, our sheriffs. Uh, our, our local county administrators and, and basically our, our local sheriffs are the most powerful uh, law enforcement officials in the country. And uh, we need to support them and help them and lift them up and, and um, make sure that, the, that they're fully enabled to do what they need to do to, to right the wrongs that are happening here. But, but individually, we all have to draw our line in the sand and say, this is, this is you know, no mas. We're, no, we're not going to go any further on this. Uh, and that's the only way we're going to affect change. There will be no future line in the sand. This is, right. yeah. this is yeah. if you need passports, if you need digital passports to go anywhere and do anything, they now control every aspect of your life, your food, your water, your ability to pay utilities, and whatever they're putting in your body. And once they've 
once they've laid the groundwork for you need the first shot, the second shot, then they can say, well, if you don't have the booster, you are now unvaccinated, your passport doesn't work. If you don't have the 19th booster, and then what starts going into the boosters? You have no idea. Are they trying to dumb no you down? Idea. Are they trying to cancel you down? Are they trying to give you brain, brain fog so you're not sufficiently able to put together a power faction to overthrow a coup? What did the Soviets do with active measures? You take your most efficient operators and send them overseas to set up the programs in the US. Then you call them back and you shoot them in the back of the head because those are the people who are also most able to overthrow you because they've proven mm -hmm. themselves. So that's right, what you exactly. do. You take down the next most powerful person. That's where it goes. If you give mm -hmm. them the, if you go, fine, I'll get two shots for a passport. And then you go, fine, I'll get the, I'll get the booster. And it goes on forever. And then you have no idea what's going into it. And it doesn't matter anymore because now it's been 30 years and the norm is there that everyone goes, oh, no, you just have to get your booster if you want to go to the park. And there's no one alive left to fight it. This is yeah, the only line yeah. in the sand, right? There's a bunch of hyperbole. There's a bunch of we're always pearl clutching and we're like, this is the last election. And we've been doing that for 250 years. Mm -hmm. They're trying mm -hmm. to. And control so what's the social what's the social contract? You're going to you're weighing your job against, OK, uh, this vaccine. And so what's. What are you getting? Are you getting three months of employment? Are you getting six months of employment? Are you getting, you know, a year of employment? You know, say, okay, then you're next. Now you're unvaccinated because you only have uh, five shots. So uh, you need you have to go get the sixth one, or we're gonna we're gonna fire you again. So we're gonna go through this little fire drill again. So it, it's just a and, and you can't and for these, you can't even get a list of the ingredients from the people who are forcing you to take these things. Uh, you can't from the physician. You don't know. I mean, the Pfizer withheld 20% of the ingredients on their on their community application. Uh, you can't get the EUA ingredients. You have no idea what's in these things, but you're supposed to take them to be your the good American citizen. And uh, it's just absolutely insanity. And I mean, there's there's nothing re remotely regarding science that even backs this up. And again, that that temptation of the privately held corporation with a bottom line imagine if not only you have to take this imagine if hey they have to take your drug to participate in society imagine if you had to subscribe to my podcast to be able to use the internet you think i'd oh, be a little be, oh, do you think i'd be a little <laughs> tempted to push that legislation and be like hey you you want to check your email watch my podcast hey you you want to order from something from Amazon? That's fine. You got to subscribe to my podcast because I'm making $100 million a month on my... You think there's a little temptation? Yeah, there's a oh, little yeah. temptation. And and I I know you've come up on an hour, but I, I kind of do want to circle back to just one last thing. And I'd, I'd love to do another podcast with you, man, sometime. But Oh, what, I'm here. Fuck yeah. What I do want to point out, and I think it's... it's We touched on it a little bit, and I've kind of been fleshing this out more and more. It's just an idea. It's, I think there's something even bigger with not just the profit of the vaccine. It's the mRNA vaccine technology. It's, this is the future of vaccines. This is the future. Of, it's like the invention of the needle. Sure, you'd be making money off whatever 1918 vaccine we're using, but you'd be going, this is bigger than the 19. This is the needle. From now on for the next 100 years, we're going to be using the needle. The actual mRNA delivery system, this vaccine, is the it's not an it's not a across the board bad thing it is the next era of tech of biomedical technology the idea of them being able to use this and get an end sample size of seven that to me i don't look at the sample size that they're attracted to for the covid vaccine because covid will be on eventually i think they're looking at they're getting 
priceless data on what happens with this delivery vehicle. So in 10 years, the it might not even be something like a pandemic. It might just be your new tetanus shot. They put it in an mRNA thing. Maybe it's more has greater affinity for your, you know, or whatever. You got to go get your insulin shot or whatever, or you go to the hospital. Maybe they'll use mRNA. Maybe the morphine gets in quick. It might just be the new norm, no different than, you know, using sterile, sterile wipes or something, right? It might be the thing where they're trying to get the actual delivery technology, which is in itself a neutral thing. It's just like 9.81 meters per second squared. It's just a neutral thing. I think that is where the money is in. They don't care about the COVID. That's whatever. And I'm sure there's, you know, aligning factions of, oh, we can use this for power like Australia. But I think the actual delivery mechanism, they would normally have to spend billions and tens of billions of dollars on and they would pave the way for it and then it would become the new thing that is just used outright for centuries or decades and Mm -hmm. i think this is where the money thing is is they're getting whether it's covid or ebola or the sniffles or erectile dysfunction or insulin or zika Zika, whatever it is Mm -hmm. i think what penicillin you just go in i don't know you're whatever I think what it is, is the actual mRNA delivery mechanism. I think that they're getting 7 billion people worth of data. They're finding out all the adverse reactions to it. They're shielded. Sure, they're making money, but even even this money, buying doses, that pales in comparison to the free R&D. Imagine if there's a U.S. government-funded rover to Mars, and it's billions of dollars. Man. Imagine if Elon Musk could get them to just like, I don't know, bring like three samples of steel on it just so he could be like for my, my, you know, my Mars starship. Can I just get a little feedback? Cause you guys are going anyway. Can I just, and think of how expensive and how, how primo and rare that real estate is a Rover going to Mars. It's not going to burn up. Imagine if Elon was like, Hey, do you think I could just, you know, as a private businessman, just cut out a hundred billion dollars of my R and D. Do you think I could just put in, Hey, if you're already driving New York, can I can I give you this piece of mail to go give it to my mom? Because you know UPS is going to charge me thirty bucks. You're going anyway. That's what I think it is. Is it's the mRNA delivery techno? They just want to see how it works, whether they mandate it in humans or whether they mandate it in dogs. I think that's what it is. Is they're just well. This was the this goes back to Fauci's you know his his big push for the universe you know universal flu vaccine because the flu was uh, always present. People are always going to take the shot. They wanted a new, new platform, the the you know human 2.0 kind of a thing approach to be able to do this. Use some disruptive force to force everyone to take this new flu vaccine technology. They just found a different uh, pathogen. They found SARS-CoV-2, the perfect pathogen to, to be able to do this. And I do I I do agree with the premise that that this is just a this is this is a way to carve out this technology for future use. It would just be probably more widely adopted if it wasn't using a toxic uh, uh, pathogenic protein uh, that's causing, it's killing a lot of people. <laughs> just a really poor choice on their on the arrow they put in this in this little uh, cassette when they when they designed this thing. But I, I think that's I think that's part of it though. If they just said this is what you know injections are going to be from now on, you can your end number is only so big. It's people that are going, eh, I don't really want that. But imagine you make it a pandemic just dangerous enough that you have bodies, yeah. not enough that you actually disrupt this whole money-making machine we got going called society, just scary enough that 
you mandate everyone to take it. I just want to see how it reacts on everyone. You know, can I just get mm-hmm. your feedback, mm-hmm. everybody? You know, it's why is a commercial so expensive during the Super Bowl? Because your end size is so much bigger where you go, hey, we've got this new ad. We got this new type of ad for Coca-Cola. Let's see how many people are going to immediately go to our website after. This is this is worth more than all the ads we're going to run all year. And imagine if you could mandate everyone to watch TV on that day, right? <clears throat> Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. If you look at if you look at the the fact that the Pfizer has admitted uh, that there's only a very small portion of the lot sizes that are actually that actually coincide with the commodity, the licensed commodity product. There's seven lots, specific lots that are that were produced uh, that were similar to the licensed BLA licensed product, the commodity. Then you know that there's a, a wide range of other licensed uh, or other EUA vaccine lots or manufactured under varying specifications, under varying loads of the nanolipic particles uh, and quantities and whatnot, maybe even some that had maybe had barely detectable or even none. And so that, that explains the wide spectrum of responses that people have gotten uh, to, I, I got it, nothing, nothing happened to me. I was fine. You take your shot, you know, or, or my arm was a little sore or, uh, over to the, you know, I couldn't move my arm for a week or I had massive headaches. And so this entire spectrum of responses, the only way the entire spectrum of responses happens in a population, if there's an entire spectrum of inputs. Mm-hmm. And so in that situation, um, Comirnaty and, and Pfizer have, have admitted that through their dear healthcare pr- practitioner letter to the practitioners and saying, well, there are, there are a limited number of lots. Here they are, seven. Uh, that are actually lined up with our licensed product. They're not interchangeable. Um, and so don't believe the BS on the FDA fact sheet. They're not interchangeable at all. There's only seven of them that are like the licensed product. So now this makes sense. Now we say, ah, okay. So the reason some people had no no uh, problems and these other people dropped dead is because there's this wide range of stuff. As you say, they're nailing this technology. They're trying to get this technology right. And so they're doing massive experiments on the entire population to figure out, you know, how do we do this without killing a lot of people? Okay, we uh, we, we killed 17,000, no big deal. We permanently disabled 26,000, no big deal. You know, it's all in the interest of science and, and money. And so <clears throat> we've re- finally refined it under this design. And it only took, you know, a million people getting really, really hurt to, to, to get to that point. But we're done. Hey, we're in good, good shape. And, and I agree. I agree with the premise. It was to uh, an effort to refine this this platform, this new platform that allowed basically allow you to, to insert any uh, genomic code into that product and and uh, do whatever end you want to uh, achieve, whatever end you want to after that. Yeah, and in the future, I mean, uh, then you just start rebranding all the old stuff, like a tetanus right. shot or whatever. Right. And it's it's probably going to be a very effective and useful technology. But I mean, no different than what did the Nazis do? And they realized, hey, we have all these Jews that we're going to burn anyway. What do we do? Put them in ice baths. Why? Because sometimes our the Luftwaffe soldiers go down in water. We got to figure out how to reverse hypothermia. What about, you know, mm-hmm. put them in uh, pressure chambers and drastically drop the pressure and see what happens. Or let's use these different weapons. Or, you know, uh, uh, the great book called Blitz by Norman Oler, all about the drugs in the Third Reich. I mean, what's one thing they did? They take Jews with... They put different shoes on them, and it was the boots that they were going to be giving to the the Wehrmacht soldiers. And they would actually make a track 
with different percentages of, uh, I guess, substrate. It'd be rubber, pavement, asphalt, pebbles, whatever, and in the in the way only the Nazis can, and the exact percentages of the tract was relative <clears throat> to the exact percentages of land they would be crossing in Europe. So they wanted to find out how they they would put two different shoes on each Jew, two different sizes, and they'd give them drugs to make them walk. 80 miles in a day, get the most out of them. We're going to kill them anyway. Let's get all this R&D out of the way. All, all this pesky R&D, it costs money mm-hmm. and everything. Well, what if we already have death camps? Let's just go for it. You know, why mm-hmm. Why assemble it in America? Just have it made in a sweatshop in China. Who cares? Comes back here, save all that money. That's what they're doing. Exactly. And right, mm-hmm. you got to have, you got to go on all the continents. <laughs> you got to get every person with every different genetic disp- disposition, whether you're from South Korea or Madagascar or Venezuela or Alaska or wherever, get them all, get all the different genomes and see how they respond to this. That's what it is. You, they're just, mm-hmm. it, it's the ultimate uh, cutting of corners. It is. They're it just is. saving exactly the most possible amount of money. Yeah, and they've been given access to the entire human population, and it's like, hey, for free. And well, uh, actually, there's a profit. There's a really good profit in the whole thing. So but, it's a. Uh... But don't mention that. And so everything we're saying, right? And I know we'll wrap this up. We've gotten 15 minutes over, but everything we're saying, right? Well, people want to get tricked by all of this, or well, or just you know, listen to other discussions and see what and figure it out for your own. Now all the censorship must make sense to you, the listener. Because everything we're saying, we're just having this open discourse. Well, you can't have any of this when we're poking holes through this like a machine gun into Swiss cheese. Is you can't have people having access to all of this open discussion. So anytime you just have two dudes who are just having a fairly intelligent conversation about things, huh? Well, that really made me think. Well, we can't put that up on YouTube. Ban hammer. You can't have that. So when people go onto YouTube and they go, you know, I've looked for other interviews. No one else are raising these questions. Well, everyone's raising these questions, but they're hammering it all down. And then you go online and it appears that no one is raising these questions. So you go, well, no, well, no one else is fleeing. So sure, I'll stay. This in the guys bur- must be crazy. I'll stay in the burning <laughs> building because no one else is yeah. running out of the burning building. And then you do find it. And yet, what, you're on Rumble and BitChute? Oh, you, you're probably banned because you're a white supremacist. And it's like, no, I was, I was, I was banned. I was banned for talking about the COVID vaccine. With who? The inventor of the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. Why were you banned? For medical misinformation. I don't. The, the mental gymnastics are impressive. Like, I'm, it's are. hard to be angry when you, I'm just so, I'm just, imp- part of me is like, I, you have to respect your enemy. And man, I respect the psychological operations of this entire thing. Like, hats off to Pfizer and the CIA and whoever the hell's pulling this off. Super effective. You guys have... Super effective. You know, the Nazis were demons, but man, they had a very efficient railway system. I mean, you know, call it what it is, but, you know, the rape of Nanking was horrible, but man, they knew how to have troop morale. Like, it's horrible, but... These guys are demons, but yeah, the beheading contests were were pretty epic. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, the fire bombings of Dresden weren't too great. That being said, man, we had some great logistics in there. So Mm -hmm. what they're doing is evil. But I mean, at the very bare naked face of science, I mean, your psyops are impressive. You know, Goebbels would blush. But Mm -hmm. yeah, man. So uh, I don't know if this podcast is what you thought it was, but uh, these this is why I love my podcast is because I have no idea where it's going to go at all. It's, <laughs> it's just, been a great conversation, Tommy. It really yeah, has. Man. You just light it and let it run. You just take the fins <laughs> off the missile and you're like, well, it might go east. It might go west. We don't know.
So, well, thank you for allowing me to shine a light on yeah. on uh, this 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 uh, not often heard or spoken of corner of the United States. It's actually kind of smack dab in the middle, and and there's a lot of people who are um, working tirelessly to ensure that the safety and security of the United States is is uh, robust and uh, and respected. And uh, we just uh, oh, we yeah. just are hopeful that. Uh, your, your message will reach the right ears and, and we'll get some assistance to our case, our cause. I, I tend to think that as long as we all kind of work and do whatever little thing, we, I'm not Joe Rogan, I don't have 10 million people listening. I think as long as we all do like a little bit, and maybe I'm a doe-eyed optimist, I really do think it will be all right because as fucked as things are right now, man, it's not 1944. You and I aren't in a troop transport going up to Omaha Beach. You know, Ten seconds. Like, no, yeah. we just have to do a podcast and maybe lose some friends on Facebook. Like, mm-hmm. our burden is very tiny. So, well, you're right. I mean, you have to keep your mind pointing in the right direction. Um, and there's a cer- certain collective creative uh, creation that happens there, and and uh, the more you spend in the negative negative space versus a positive space. Uh, and it affects your uh, your reality. So yeah, you do. Uh, start, you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, you start. There's a reason why demoralization campaigns are so important in war. Because you mm-hmm. have to break their spirit. You can't let them know that other that they're not alone. And so exactly that's what I'm doing. Is and you know and and who knows? I might just have a death wish. Whether I'm in you know interviewing CIA veterans right after the election, talking about election meddling, or whether I'm interviewing Robert Malone, or whether I'm in touch with the coroner of uh, Epstein. Yeah, any day now, I, I'm fully aware that like a Hellfire missile. Those aren't, those aren't bad hills to die on. You know? No, no, no. Today's, I'm very, a, today's I'm a, a beautiful day, right? I'm very, at, I'm very, <laughs> it's a noble, I'm very at peace with it. I don't know which, how they're going to Michael Hastings me. Is, is my car going to hit a tree? Is it going to be a car? It, it's, you know, it's a bingo card. How's Tommy going to die? I don't know. Are they going to make, are they going to make an example of me and make sure my head explodes while the podcast is live? Or I don't know. I'd be more effective. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Think. It depends. Yeah, to it's, dissuade the message. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? It's I've interviewed Ken Alabek, the head of the Soviet Union bioweapons program. Maybe they'll hit me up with anthrax for irony points. Yeah. I don't know. Or polonium 210. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good whack from the umbrella. Yeah. That's, it's, that's more in my lane. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's become a, Right, yeah, yeah, that KGB style. It's become kind oh, of yeah. a running joke between me and some friends. Like, uh, you know, it starts as like a, it started as just like I, I pinged on a server somewhere, and now six hundred ups. I've had on guys from Delta Force, CIA Special Activities Division, Sandia, bioweapons experts, anthrax experts, getting to a point where it's like, uh, I actually got a, an email. I got a response from the director of the NSA last year, and he said no, thank you. But I did get a response <laughs> from General Nakasone. <laughs> I like to imagine that it's gone from me pinging on a server to maybe like a file to maybe like a case officer. So I like to imagine like once a week, some guys get together in like a, I don't know, some boardroom somewhere at Fort Meade. And they're like, all right, what's this <laughs> asshole doing this week? And they have me and they're like, we don't need to kill him yet. And I I, I like to imagine. The Tommy Kerrigan sit rep, right? Yeah, I like to, I like to imagine. I'm not important enough yet, right? I'm not. I'm not a, I'm not JFK. They don't need to dome me just yet. But I like to imagine they're kind of. And then I also have this like fanciful <laughs> imagination of where maybe I'm kind of winning some of them over. Like they're forced to look over my podcast. 
And they're like, yeah. man, this isn't yeah. that bad. Like, you know, and they're maybe they got bingo charts. They're like, who the fuck do you think he's going to interview? The, shit, he had a guy that walked on the moon and he said they were there. Like, well, there goes that whole charade. So, uh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So it's, and now they're looking at me and they're like, all right, listen, he got the B2 spirit guy. He got the nuclear submarine guy. He got the nuclear silos guy. Now he's got somebody at Pantex and they're going, all right, you know. All right. Yeah. He's covered all the bases. We are screwed. Yeah. I order Domino's every Friday night. That's my cheat day. And I imagine one time the guy delivering my pizza isn't going to be some fat out of shape guy. He's going to be a guy that looks an awful lot like he could be a Delta Force operator. And he's going to say, here's your breadsticks, motherfucker, right through the forehead. And you know what? I don't give a shit because what a fucking way to go. Uh, yeah. He's got the, uh, when he's handing the pizza box and he's got, uh, Got the skull and crossbones on the fingers there. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it a few down. marks there. Have you seen? Yeah, you're, you're 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 sure that's your number there. Your yeah. number's been called. Yeah, I've even, but I've. It's I've, not on the receipt either. Oh no! <laughs> it's, oh no! It's, no! It's, no! 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 no. It's, I'm, I'm going to be like, this isn't Domino's. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to know. I'm going to know something's up right away because I'm going to be like, I'm like, you don't. You don't have the ranch dress, and I'm going to fucking do like a Matrix move as he pulls out the gun, and I'm going to be like, you know, my fat ass saved me. Where are my cinnamon twists? I'll, I'll notice. Hey, I'll be a, he's handing me the bag, and I'm like, this is lighter than normal. I, I reach for my gun, and he reaches for his, and it's just this last second. But the thing is, is because I've kind of become friends with some like Delta Force veterans, I've asked them, I'm be like, hey, if you guys ever just get some like back channel request to kill me, I'm like, can you just can you just give me a heads up so I can like say <laughs> bye to my parents? I know I'm not running from it. I, I have no illusions about me fighting the deep state, but like if you guys just get whatever, however it works, some Bitcoin transaction and, you know, take, because these are the guys that they would go just to. Just honor me. Let me get one shot off before he put I'm like, it in there. I'm right like, can you guys just at yeah. least make up a story and say he put up a good fight? Like, the reality yeah. is, is, like, I'll die crying. <laughs> but, like, at least just say it was badass. Like, maybe punch yourself and say he got in a good haymaker. Don't just don't yeah. just dome yeah. me as I'm bawling in, you know, in a fetal position yeah. saying I don't want to be a podcaster anymore. But uh, that would be that would be that would be very disrespectful. Yeah, please yeah, drop yeah. my body at like the gates to Langley and be like, he made a <laughs> he made a beeline run for the director, and we had to take him out. You know, at least like put my throw my shoes on like the same runway where Air Force One is, and be like, he yeah, was going go. for POTUS. He was. Please just make me seem like less of a fat fucking loser than I really. That's sort of part of the thing, man. Is I think the assassins are going to show up. And they're gonna go. You're really in this tiny apartment. Like your your studio is actually just half your room, cordoned off with moving blankets hanging from the ceiling. And I'm gonna go. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be going. I can't fucking shoot this kid. <laughs> they're gonna be like, listen, man. Here's a passport. Go to Mexico City. Just don't. <laughs> I, I, they're gonna turn into Jason Bourne and just go and just leave, right? Uh, yeah, they're just literally gonna be. We yeah, can't do this anymore. Yeah, it's gonna be like that last. Yeah, that right before he jumps into the river, he's like, "Do you yeah, even know you me?" He's yeah. gonna show up here, and I'm gonna. Do be you like, even know why you're doing this? I'm gonna be like, "Have you yeah. even liked, shared, and subscribed?" <laughs> they're gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> they're gonna be like. I'm going to be like, are you former Delta? I've interviewed former Delta. They'll be like, you're some conspiracy theorist. I'm like, what do you want? Moon landing? I've interviewed. You've interviewed Charlie Duke. I'll be like, what a four men alive. Bullshit. I'll be like, episode 216. Come on in. They're like, I can't find it on YouTube because I got banned by the same deep state you're working. Start reverse cycle. Next thing you know, they're, you cr they're yeah, crying you and they're like, I never wanted to be an assassin. And yeah, it's <laughs> that's how it goes, man. It's, That's exactly how it will go. You you know it. It's and a win-win. The roof. It's yeah. a it's a win-win no matter what. 
is it is it's it, it's gonna be like jason Bourne where they're doing the test and they're in the basement they're like what did he do they're like it doesn't matter just shoot him but it's gonna be very <laughs> clearly me as i'm just screaming with the burlap sack they're gonna be like is that tommy from tommy's podcast <laughs> shut up and pull the trigger <laughs> shut up and yeah. pull the fucking yeah. trigger Someone's going to be like, I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> he has no idea when to end the podcast. <laughs> like, Jesus, that, that was that episode 187. Really? 187. I just remember that. Fuck yeah. that guy. He said Delta Force was cooler than the Navy SEALs. That's what it's going to be. But I. Yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be. No, I have this whole wild imagination of like, it starts as them like monitoring me, but it escalates to like where it gets kicked up the chain of command. But then maybe someone in like the Joint Chiefs actually likes it. So there's this whole like <laughs> secretive battle between like the CIA is trying to ice me and they're like, they're like, someone's helping us. like a whole episode of 24. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, Dude, it really does. They're like, the CIA is like, he, he's got to have an inside man because he's never where we are when we kill him. And the NSA is like, I fucking, you know, he's like, I love this guy's podcast. It's the only way I can deal with my wife's bitching is when I have one AirPod in and I'm listening to Tommy's podcast. Tommy's podcast is saving my marriage. Well, uh, yeah and it just might you never know i mean for a lot of guys it just might yeah just yes yes ma'am yes honey yeah i don't know man hold on we'll wrap this up i do i'll i'll tell you something off the camera hold on i'll I'll wrap this one up uh mr mike ford thank you very much for coming on here i'll I'll tell you hold on recording 